This is our first session now on Ephesians 3, 1 through 6. For this reason, we'll have to look back and see what he means by that. For this reason, I, Paul, a prisoner of Christ Jesus, on behalf of you Gentiles, you non-Jewish people, and then he breaks off. The sentence breaks off. He never returns to it in 13 verses. If you have heard of the stewardship of God's grace that was given to me, and then he keeps going. So, Father, I want to pray now that we would grasp why Paul broke this sentence off, what is the nature of this stewardship that he has, how the fact that it comes from your grace and was given to Paul is for these Gentiles and makes it worth it for Paul to be a prisoner on behalf of that stewardship. I pray that all of that would be made plain to us now and more, and that our hearts would be inclined to your testimonies and that we would have open hearts to see glories and wonders here in Jesus' name. Amen. For this reason, he has just said, remember in verses uh, 11 to 22 of chapter 2, that the Gentiles are no longer strangers and aliens. They are fellow citizens with the saints, members of the household of God. That's the great conclusion. You are not far off. You are near. You're not strangers to the promises. You're not without hope. You're not without God. You are grafted in to the people of Israel, the true sons of Abraham, the true heirs of the promise. On account of this, for this reason, I, Paul, a prisoner of Christ Jesus, on behalf of you Gentiles, and he breaks off. What, what was he about to say in view, of, in, view of the, in view of the fact that all you Gentiles were full fellow members of the household of God? I, Paul, a prisoner, and then he breaks off. I think the best clue to what he was about to say is the fact that this very phrase, both in Greek and English, turns up in verse 14. When he's done with his parenthesis, <laughs> that's a long parenthesis. For this reason, I bow my knees before the Father, from whom the whole family in heaven and on earth is named. This, this whole family, I'm suggesting, has to do with the full household members. You are members of the household of God. That's the glorious thing. Gentiles are full members of the household of God. And for this reason, I am going to pray this glorious prayer in verses 14 through 19 of chapter 3 for the sake of the whole family from whom, or get, that gets its name from the Father in heaven. So, he broke off the sentence, and the question is, why? What what did he say here that elicited from his mind, i got to say more, I've got to say more here before I finish by praying this prayer. He said he's a prisoner. He had not mentioned that before. 
I think that drops like a bomb on some of his listeners anyway. What? This great man, this great apostle is in prison and he's in prison for us? Bomb number two. So, a, a, a blow like this, your champion, your hero, is in prison, and he's in prison because of you. That's pretty discouraging. That's pretty confusing. If you don't have a lot of background for what in the world... I, all this glorious truth in chapters 1 through 2 where he's been talking about us being grafted in. He's paying with imprisonment for all of that. And so he breaks off here to make sure that at least some of his discouraged or confused listeners will have a better sense of how his life and his ministry relates to their glory. In fact, it might be good right at this point to drop down to the end of the parenthesis here, namely verse 13, and look what he says. So, here's the conclusion from my parenthesis of verses 2 through 13 or 2 through 12. So, I ask you not to lose heart over what I am suffering for you. So that's what, he, that's what he felt, I think, when he wrote, I, Paul, a prisoner of Christ Jesus. It hits him. This is going to land on some of these people with a tremendous heart-depleting uh, discouragement. And so he says, I ask you not to lose heart over what I am suffering for you, which is your glory. In other words, God has appointed me to suffer for the sake of your glory. Don't let that discouragement rise up in your hearts. Humans might reason, well, if it's our fault, if he's doing it for us, if you have heard of the stewardship of God's grace, that was given to me for you, wouldn't they say, well, feel guilty, feel discouraged? And Paul says, don't, don't go there because, watch how he says this, if you have heard of the stewardship of God's grace given to me for you. Let's take these words one at a time. Stewardship. That word occurs two other times to get an idea of what he's talking about. Way back in chapter 1, God lavished his grace upon us in all wisdom and insight, making known to us the mystery of his will according to his purpose, which he set forth in Christ as a plan, it's often called in some translations. Same word, what can I mean? A stewardship. A stewardship is a household plan. So God has a plan for his church, and he has a plan for the universe, and they're both called stewardships when Paul is given the task to make them known. 
a stewardship for the fullness of time to unite all things in Christ. And those all things include Jew and Gentile, which is what he's been unfolding in all these verses in chapters 1 and 2. Things in heaven and things on earth. So it's more cosmic than Jew and Gentile, but they are included. And here's the word again in uh, verses 8 and 9 of chapter 3. To me, though I am the very least of the saints, this grace was given to preach to the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ and to, to bring to light for everyone what is the stewardship, the household plan of God, of the mystery hidden for ages in God who created all things. Paul was given a stewardship. His responsibility was as a steward to bring to light for the sake of the Gentiles in particular, but also the Jews, the mystery hidden for ages, namely that Gentiles are full fellow heirs. So over here in 1 Corinthians chapter 4, this is how one should regard us as servants of Christ and stewards. There's the personal form, not the plan, but the person, the stewards of the mysteries of God. Now, he's saying, you won't get discouraged. You won't lose heart if you grasp the things that I'm saying here. And the first thing I want you to grasp is that I have a stewardship and it is from God's grace. God didn't foist this on me so that you have to feel bad that I'm having to bear this awful thing for you. It's a grace. It's God's grace. And it was given to me. This stewardship is of God's grace. It was given to me for you. So yes, it is for your glory that I bear this grace and this stewardship. And the fact that I happen to be in prison right now is not to make you discouraged. It is God's design. I don't want you to lose heart of what I'm suffering for you. This suffering, this affliction is your glory. It's the way God has appointed for you to be brought into the glorious inheritance of the saints. So Paul is in this parenthesis now going to try to show more clearly the stewardship that he has to handle the household plan of God, including the Gentiles in the mystery, in the inheritance, in the glory, so that they are not discouraged that the great apostle is in prison. <laughs> 